Yo, podcast listeners, this is Freddie T. Thanks for listening today. You're going to love the podcast. we got a great guest, and it's a ton of fun. So tune in. Uh, turn the volume up, crank it, listen, and enjoy. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Grant Lauda, Clam Chowder. FT-Dub. You told me this morning you've never eaten Clam Chowder. Yeah, I don't think I have. We've got to change that. Is it? I don't know that clam chowder will change your life, but no, it seems like just a food. If I never ate, I think I'd be okay. It's I wouldn't. It's miss. Good. I mean, if you go to Maine or something, because it's soup, right? It's like soupy it's chowder. Chow, chow, it's chowder. It's, it's soup. It's liquid. It's chowder. Is it liquid? Liquid. Yeah. Who did you hear Does that it, voice? Who is that? Did you hear that voice? <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Delaney, what is up? Hey guys, we got a special guest on the podcast today. Glad to be here. Uh. Long-time listener. Long-time listener. What do you call it? First-time caller? First-time caller. First-time, but, but you're not a caller. You're now a guest. First-time speaker. You better watch out, Grant Lauda, Clam Chata. She might take your seat as a co-host. Okay. <laughs> uh, just as I get it, sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> um, Delaney. Okay. Delaney, bass singer? Bass singer. Bass singer. Nailed it. Not bass singer. Right. Not bass singer. Right. I mean, it's bass singer. I hear all those, though. Do you? Often. Or yeah. guitar singer. Yeah, I made that joke earlier. <laughs> um, hey, thanks for being on the podcast yeah, today. So I'm happy. so excited about talking to you about your life, about your new record. Yeah. Uh, about I, I don't think I don't know if I've heard your whole record, but I've definitely heard uh, this ain't no country club. Yes, it's yeah. the only one that's out yet. Okay, so, that's why I haven't right. heard the whole album. Yes. Okay, all yeah, right, yeah, there yeah. you go. Okay, good. Yeah, so there's I'm, more. I'm to tracking. Come. Okay, good. Uh, well, I can't wait to talk more about this. Uh, but before we get into learning more about you, how was y'all's weekend? It was good. We, uh, Lauren and I, had uh, the grandparents watch our kids for 24 hours. So we were able to go to Nashville and just kind of hang out in the 12th South area around Belmont where we both went to school. Did you guys just, stay the night in Nashville? No, no. Okay. We... We dropped off the kids, um, and then just kind of got lunch, an early lunch. And then oh, cool. Went back to Clarksville. And stayed the night at your own house yeah, without the kids. Yeah, just kind of a staycation. Yeah, yeah. That's so. like Susan's dream. It's my except, dream. Except except, me not be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lauren, Lauren's way more like wants to get out, and I'm... Yeah. I feel like Susan mentioned that. Yeah. Maybe it was at yeah. the Christmas party or something. She was like, yeah. I would stay in. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. stay in. Don't have to see the world. Just... Give me some DoorDash food and a good Netflix show, and I'm good. That Grant, this morning we were talking about serving our wives. Yes. I love, like, structuring things where Susan gets to be at the house all by herself. It doesn't happen often, mm-hmm. but when it does, I feel like I'm crushing husbandry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because she loves that. And that's what's good about Lauren and I is I like staying at home, so I'll watch the kids at home. And we can get like some good nap times where they're napping for a few hours. I'll get my time at home at my computer, able to do whatever I want. She's out, out on the town, doing whatever. Yeah, exploring. Delaney, are you a homebody? Or are you a out on town kind of gal? I want to be an out on the town, but I'm just not. Yeah, I'm just not. I try to be, but I'm. I want to be home. Yeah. Why do you? Why yeah. do you want to be an out on the town? 
Do you think it comes with your territory as a musician? I think so. Like a performer? Like, yes. Do you, sh- do you feel like I should do that or be that? Yes. Or? And there's a lot of like networking aspects in the music industry mm. where you're supposed to be going out to all these writers rounds and they end at 11 o'clock and I just... I just don't make those. Mm. <laughs> I just don't make those. So, and my husband Ross is very out, wants to be doing things, um, big nature guy. So I uh, does he hunt? I try for is him. He a hunter, fisher. He ha- he does. Okay. He just went fishing this last weekend, and um, yeah, that's his thing. Mm. So I try to tag along when when I can sum up the courage yeah. <laughs> to leave the house. How was Sunday for you guys? Sunday at real so life. Good. It was great. I like the topic work. Yeah. Why? Why do you like that topic? Yeah, I think I I came again where I was in ministry at Jacksonville and Camp Lejeune. There's just really big emphasis on kind of like conventional income disciple makers. And so I think being able to talk about you have a job, you're still called to make disciples and still called to glorify God in your job. I think it's a great topic. I have a full time job for those who don't know. I work in advertising and so. And I like my job. I very much enjoy my job. It's flexible. So I was kind of, it was like a rejoicing Sunday of like, man, I I don't get the Sunday scaries. If we were talking about the Sunday scaries where like 5 p.m. on Sunday hits and you start getting anxiety because, you know, you have to go to work on Monday. Delaney, have you ever heard that phrase, Sunday oh, scaries? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is so, I'm so old because. Are you a boomer? No. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Clay, Clay, so Clay's bad. giving me Clay like baby, DJ Clay baby on the Gen X. Yeah, I am an Xer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated by generations and so, looks. Oh, I, and love, I yeah, love the TikToks. Yeah, I get yeah. so into the the TikToks. What do you? Well, like, there's huge like generational. It can be like bashing, yeah, and like joking mm-hmm. with each like other, like little video memes, like yeah, yeah. yeah but there's yeah. also like some like psychological like this is why Gen X acts yes. like this, yeah, this is why millennials right, act like this, and right. this is why millennials and Gen Z are pretty close because they grew up with the same technology. Yes. Like it's yeah. like very fascinating. It is fascinating yes. for sure. Uh, but you said the Sunday scaries, yeah. So this is the Sunday scaries is how would you describe it, Delaney? You're familiar with the term. What do you understand the Sunday scaries? I, to be? I think the Sunday scaries are the feeling you get at about five o'clock on mm-hmm. Sunday. A lot of people experience where they're just like, okay. We're going to do another week. You're kind of hyping yourself up to do it, but there's a little anxiety there. Maybe there's a little, Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I had one more day of this weekend feeling that kind of thing. Did she just crush that definition of Sunday? And I'm not saying I don't have, I mean, obviously I'm like, man, another day off would be great. Right. But I, my, again, my work, I don't have to be clocked in at a specific time. Most of my workers are West coast. So for me, that's like 10, 11 a.m. But that so. phrase, I mean, Delaney knew it, so it's yeah. popular enough. Yeah, concept. yeah, I would say probably oh, yeah. for like millennials, who Sunday scaries. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, how do you how do how do do you guys think that the first? So, so here's a question. I'm talking about work in the sermon series. So, did we just amplify the Sunday scary? Did we just mm. start the Sunday scaries in the morning? <laughs> you know, for yeah those that would get the Sunday scaries, or was there anything in the sermon that you feel like? began to serve those that may get the Sunday scaries. Yeah, I think, I mean, I look back when I was in the Marine Corps when I probably did have the Sunday scaries where I kind of dreaded my job to where I had to be in the office at 5 a.m. And so I'm just like, okay, holy cow, Monday rolls around. I've got to be up at 4, out the door at 4.30 to be at work at 5. But there was this kind of, again, like, 
this revelation and recognition of God has sovereignly placed me here. Like th- this is, there's no accident that I'm working my job mm-hmm. and maybe I have the freedom to like, Oh, I can maybe look for new jobs, but in the Marine Corps, I couldn't. And so this kind of sovereign, like understanding of God has me here in my job. So I think, yes, to serve the church, absolutely. Like where you are in your job, not that you can't look for new jobs or look for new opportunities if you don't like your work, kind of your work environment, but like, man, God has placed you here for some purpose, whether it be to provide, to just mold you in some unique way to, you know, me to, you know, that's something I try to continually teach myself of like, God has me in my job for a reason and to trust him in that and to just kind of, yeah, like you mentioned, honor God with my work. So for those that are just jumping in or missed Sunday, I kicked off a sermon series on work Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, there was a lot of buzz about that before we really even got into the sermon series, which I was super excited about. Um, Here's, so let me, let me go back to the question and then I'll give some broader context to this sermon series. But the Sunday scaries, the anxiety that workers feel on Sunday night before Monday, and and now like the big takeaway from the sermon was work is good. Mm-hmm. What what do you imagine if some if someone experiences the Sunday scaries? What do you imagine that message like? Where did that meet them? Well, I think a big thing in this is you know Sunday scaries are coming from um, an anxiety about the week a lot of the time, and I think what the sermon touched on a lot is that our work, um, like you said, is holy, is sacred and has a greater purpose. So I think going into the week with the mindset of, you know, this isn't empty work. This Mm. isn't just void. This is, this is sacred and holy Mm -hmm. and, um, not just your job, but work itself is a good thing for us to do that we're designed to do, you know? So I think that's something that can really be, helpful going into a, a week and on a Sunday night is remembering like there's a greater purpose here. Like I'm on a mission. I'm not going to work tomorrow because I'm getting paid. You know, mm-hmm. there's something bigger here. Yeah. Delaney, you mentioned Grant, you look like, you might no, I was just saying you had, I feel like you had a, a mission statement of like mm. the goal of the sermon series that God would shape our attitude about work so that we would flourish in our work and God would be glorified. So yeah, yeah, shape our attitude and our approach <coughs> mm-hmm. to work, mm. so we would flourish. God, would, yeah, yeah. What um, you you had community group last night, Delaney? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys discuss the sermon? In the, yes. Yeah, the concepts. What? Yeah. How did your group engage with the? Yeah, the text? we talked a lot about you know the practicality of it, and you know what does that look like in our lives. Um, talked about a lot of just like personal understanding of each other's jobs and kind of what we experience on a day-to-day um and we talked about you know god being a worker himself Mm -hmm. a lot which was a cool point to talk about um yeah did you sense that your group was energized by this concept or or were they kind of slow to ease into it i feel like honestly i feel like we're easing into it you know ross kind of said it and i think he'd be okay with me sharing that he's like Kind of like you said on Sunday, he's like, I'm not sold yet. Hmm. He's like, I'm glad this is a series because I'm not, I'm not there yet. He's like, I want to be there, yeah. but he's like, I'm just, he, he, you know, military especially as a whole, yeah. it can be all encompassing as you know, Grant. Yep. it can be, it can take over your whole life. Yeah. And so, um, 
you know, he, he definitely is excited to really get into the meat of yeah, it and see yeah. more about it. And not to, not to dig too much too deep. Ross, your husband, how long have you guys been married? We've been married two years. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, when he says he's not sold yet on just the blanket statement that work is good. Is that what is that? I think what, that part. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think that's the part. Um, I think he knows it yeah. conceptual. Like he, he's like, yeah. I know it says that yeah, it's a lot in more the word, complex than that. but he's like to, to feel it and to live yes. that out. He's like, I'm not sold there yet. Yes. Like the reality maybe is not yes. matching up of yeah. like, man, God made this, but yeah, I gotta be in the yeah. office at 5am yeah. with a sergeant yelling at my face. And yes. Right. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I love that honesty and and kind of by design, it's a little risky to do this. It can be, it can actually be a sticky environment, but like where, when you preach a sermon series where the sermons are kind of dependent on one another, mm. like usually I want to preach a sermon that can stand alone. Mm. Um, but I close Sunday's sermon by saying, why is work so frustrating? Mm. Okay, that's next Cliffhanger. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's next week. Yeah, so a little a little crafted, you know, yeah. in that to get people to come back. But in reality, I just wanted to establish the concepts so clearly without rushing through it. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to preach one sermon that just established the goodness of work before moving on to and God cursed the ground mm-hmm. as a result of sin. That's a this is a little teaser. Spoiler. Yeah. Um and this is why work is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I think if people have a framework to understand why is work so frustrating, then you're like, then then you're like, you can kind of connect the dots and put the pieces together. But uh, mm. yeah. yeah, I like that. That's good. Do you grant that this first message for somebody that has the Sunday scaries? How might you imagine they interacted with it? Yeah, I think <clears throat> uh, similarly to what. Delaney mentioned with with Ross and like yeah I don't I don't buy it yet if if I do have the Sunday scaries if my work is draining and frustrating and I, there's really like how how is God in all of this I think yeah I would be I'd be like okay I'm not sold yep. but I, I want to it's an hear. incomplete story it's isn't an it? incomplete and so yeah let's I'm curious to learn more about um you know hear more about how you know the cursing of the ground and how work is now not its original intent. Like it was like, everything is not the original intent as it was in the garden of Eden. And so I think, yeah, anyone with the Sunday scaries, yeah, obviously come back Sunday and learn how it's not the intentional design. So yeah, you might have a bonehead manager who is just acting in sin and just treating you disrespectfully. That's real. And that maybe warrants a little bit of Sunday scaries, but Again, like, is there this divinely inspired, like, sovereign plan that is still, like, God is using that to work all things out for your good and to mold you more into the image of Christ through a bonehead manager who mm-hmm. is mad because you strolled in at 9.01 when you're supposed to be there at 9 Well, what you just said just peaked in my mind an idea that may come out in the sermon, but it's like the the devil is an imposter. He's a liar. He's a mm. deceiver. He distorts what is good, and so, you know, it's it's like everything. Like like sex is a good gift from God, and yet you have sexual abuse in the world. Yeah, right. Like many would argue that alcohol is a good gift from God, and yet there's drunkenness and alcohol abuse in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So, so then well, work is a good gift from God, but what we're going to look at this week is how the devil has, you know, how, how, how God's curse on the ground because of sin has impacted our work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how the brokenness of the world, the chaos that's come into the world through sin, impacts our work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just, again, to tease out where we're headed in the series, it's then, then to show how God intends for Jesus being in our life by the Holy Spirit then redeems our work. And then finally, how Jesus will come one day and, and perfect our work mm. as he glorifies us and invites us into an eternal work. One of the things that excites me so much is the, the physicality of a new heavens and new earth. Yeah, where a lot of people have this idea of heaven is we're going to play harps on clouds for eternity, and they're like, I'm not so sure I want yeah. to go to heaven. You know, like <laughs> is there another option? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but in reality, God is cre- going to like recreate a world with the way that it intended mm-hmm. to be in the beginning. In the way it intended in the beginning is what we saw Sunday, where work is good, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm I'm. I love that I created this tension mm-hmm. where Ross is like, yeah, I don't know. Starting the conversation. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You had college ministry last night on Austin Peace Campus Grant. Yes. I'm going to go turn the air off, but why don't you tell us about how, what'd you guys dig into last night? Yeah. We did not talk about work. Um, we've just been going through kind of some spots of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. Mm. So we did some of the Beatitudes. Um, we did uh, lay for yourself treasures up in heaven. So pretty kind of probably the more memorable, well-known portions of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And so we ended with, and Jesus ends his Sermon on the Mount with kind of Matthew 7. And we kind of did verses 19 through 29, I believe, where Jesus really... Um, just kind of reiterated a his authority and b like drawing a thick black line in the sand and kind of categorizing people as one of two things. You're a, a diseased tree that bears no fruit or bad fruit, or you're a good tree that bears good fruit. You're someone who hears my words and is like a man who builds his house on a rock, or you're an unwise man who builds his house on the sand. Um, How did the college-age young adults engage with the text last night? Very well. Yeah, I, I thought, I kind of went into it thinking, because there's 21 through 23 where Jesus, like many of you will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And Jesus will look them in the eye and say, I never knew you. So I was kind of going in preparing for, okay, yeah. there's going to be a lot of yeah. questions, and well, how can Jesus ever say that? Like, what is what is yeah. Jesus saying here? But they, they handled it like, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, it's just... Mm. They don't, they don't truly love. So we had this great conversation about, we were really talking about when Jesus says, depart from me. Like, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And so we kind of had some questions like, what, what is Jesus saying? Like, workers of lawlessness. And yet, but they were doing these quote-unquote good works of prophesying and casting out demons and many mighty works in the name of Jesus. And so we kind of got to this point of like, what is the greatest commandment to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength that, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So like that is the law summed up. And so they weren't doing that. They yeah. weren't loving the Lord God with all their heart, soul, mind, yeah. and strength. They were doing everything else, 
but they neglected the weightier, the weightier law. And so we were just kind of meditating and soaking on that. And it was great. I so appreciate your investment in our college age young adults, man. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to to invest in praying for this ministry and it's in its infant stage, but you are being faithful to invest in these college age young adults. Um, what do you have coming up? What's next? Yeah, so I'm hoping this should be blasted during the services for announcements, but Absolutely. March 17th is our next family dinner. Sweet. So March Sweet. 17th, I know Austin P. and I'm sure I'm not sure if Montgomery County is on spring break Saint next Patrick's week. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, is that St. Patty's Day? St. Patrick's so Day. So maybe we'll How try to What's get... an Irish accent? Uh, Don. Oh, do not ask. Yeah. Me. Not. Come on. <laughs> it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, Lord. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> You're having family uh, dinner on St. Patrick's uh, Day, Yeah, Grant. yeah. So I don't know what Chowder. that is, but it's not Irish. <laughs> it's not Irish. Okay. Fail. Um, Fail. Uh, Clay just took off his headphones because he couldn't bear it. Um, yeah, so yeah, March 17th. Where is that? That's going to be at the Paws House. And if folks like want to connect with you, email you? They can email me. Um, Cl- I think uh, the event should be up on Church Center, yep. so you should be able to see it and register. Go to I the do website. Rec- I do recommend to register. Okay, okay. It should be easy just but so they we can, can show have up numbers. Even if they don't register. You can yep. show up if you can't uh, If you can't register. We're okay. just obviously for numbers just so I can give Brenda Paul some some heads uh, up. Because she's doing a meal. Yeah, so nice. we're, we're home-cooked meal. Yeah. College, young adult, 18 to 25. Love it. Show up, free food, community. March 17th. March 17th, 5.30 p.m. And I'm still in that window. Yeah. I got one year left in that window. <laughs> Come get a free meal. Come <laughs> um, I love that. What Delaney, do you have any questions for the College of Jungle Ministry or any questions about the sermon series? Hmm. No is an acceptable answer. I'm going to go with no for now. Yeah, I'm going to go like with no because nothing immediately comes to mind. All right. You had community group last night. Solid. Solid. You had study last night. Yep. Looking forward to this coming Sunday. One mm-hmm. other thing that's coming up in the life of the church that we want people to know about is uh, Sunday, March 10th. Yes. We're going to have prayer at the building at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. It's going to be awesome because awesome. folks are going to get to come in and sign, write scriptures, write prayers on a few of the steel beams mm-hmm. and, um, and see the progress up wow. close and personal. Um, it'll be a little bit of a controlled environment, so it won't be like everybody come and walk around the building on your own. Yeah. So there'll be little mini tours given. Um, and uh, but so park in Sango Elementary School parking lot. Don't drive onto the land near the building in our driveways. Park in Sango Elementary School parking lot, and there'll be a, a walkway onto the property. And so like this when is we a, had the service on the land. That's right. That's yeah. right. The way folks would access the service if <clears throat> yep. they're familiar with those gatherings on the land. Delaney, did you ever attend a, uh, one of our uh, days on the land? I haven't gotten to yet. I've been, I was traveling the last time, so I'm excited. It was like Grant's like second, second day service. at real life. Yeah, second day at real life. It was one of our days on the land. Yep. And um, Okay. All right. I'm so fired up to get to know you better, Delaney. So we're going to come back, right back, and we're going to dig into 100 questions with you. Are you ready for this? Yes. All right. All right. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Yes. All right. Delaney Basinger, thanks for hey. joining us on the podcast today. Oh, so glad to be here. Yeah. So glad to be here. All right, Delaney, we're going to just hit you with rapid fire. Lots of questions. Okay. We want to get to know you. Uh, Delaney, tell us, uh, where were you born? Where did you grow up? And what was growing up like for you? So I was born in Houston, Texas, and I actually moved seven times growing up back and forth just two places texas and california wow. so mm. very opposite places in yeah. many ways yeah. and um yeah so i moved at first when i was three back to texas for some middle school back to california for high school but when people say where are you i'm always like how long do you have because mm. it's a complicated long yeah. story yeah. like when they ask where you're from mm -hmm. yeah, was it mili military by any chance or just no just my dad's job kind of okay. brought us back and forth um and is that hard for you honestly you know i think um there was like a weirdness in my parents so i'm an eighth generation texan so my parents while we're in california they're like you will say yes ma'am and yes sir but people in california are kind of offended yeah, by that. They, yeah, they take offense to funny? it. Yeah, they're yeah. like, I'm not old. Don't say that. So, yeah, you yeah. know, I don't think it was like hard, but it was definitely mm. had had its challenges. So yeah, so like family was like maintain Texas culture yes. while in. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, when we lived in New York City, it was the same way. Ma'am was an insult. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we were trying to raise our kids to mm -hmm. not say right in New York. Right. And then they would come home and be around their grandparents and their grand like. You know, my mom and dad would be yes, so mad. Yep. And then they're looking at me like, what kind of parent are you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, yeah. All right. So you grew up. Did, tell us about your family. So I have one older sister. She's an engineer. She builds bridges. Wow. Wow. She loves bridges. Every <laughs> Christmas gift she gets is like bridge themed, That's bridge so cool. earrings, bridge. Anyway. You got to see my Brooklyn Bridge uh, bookends oh, in my study over there. She would love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, two parents. I got my, my dad is a lawyer and my mom is a realtor. Um, and my family's super close. We're... Yeah. All really good friends. Full throttle, high powered. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. came from good stock. Yeah. Yeah. They were Texas lawyer, realtor. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Engineer <laughs> sister. Engineer like. sister. And then I said, I'm going to sing some songs now. I love it. I like it. <laughs> but your songs crush. I oh, love it. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. So you grew up in Texas. Who? You're mm -hmm. 24 years old. 24. Yeah. Or I was going to ask country. So you, you write, produce, sing country music. Right. Who are some of your top? influences Ooh. from country music so i really like caitlin butts is like a texas country okay. gal i i listen to a lot of texas country kind of texas oklahoma red dirt country mm. turnpike troubadours it's a little more um on the texas scene um but yeah i um, am super inspired by like dolly parton mm. and um <coughs> Listen, no, you're good. Listen to a lot of Taylor Swift growing mm -hmm. up, and she definitely was somebody that made me want to start writing songs and yeah. all that good stuff. So. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Delaney, how long have you been at Real Life? I have been at Real Life now, I think, about a year. Okay. About a you year. You so fired me up this morning talking about being a, a podcast listener. Yes. And then you and you told me something about, like, this was the first, what? Yeah, this is, like, <laughs> this is the first podcast I've been on that I really, like, listen to week in and week out. Because nice. as a musician, you've been on plenty of podcasts, talking yeah. about your music and yeah. perhaps other things. Yeah. Um, so now you're on the podcast that you listen I to. Welcome. I know. When you asked me, I was like, I'm kind of fangirling a little <laughs> bit. I like this podcast. You're, you are making mine and Grant's day. This is so great. 
Um, did your family, was there a spiritual background to your family growing up? Yeah, so we definitely, I grew up in the church, but it definitely felt like a very cultural thing that mm. we did because you go to church and yeah. that's what you do when you're from Texas. So there was, there was that, um, but then my faith really became mine in high school. Mm. Um, I was baptized when I was 17. So, um, and what did yeah. you, at, at as, as a 17 year old, what did your baptism mean to you? Yeah. I mean, I, so I really did not have a faith in middle school or high school, um, knew the gospel, but it didn't click for me yeah. quite yet. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that moment where I was like, oh, that's my sin. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could tell you it, but it didn't yeah. feel personal at yeah. all. Yeah. And so um, I, I came to know the Lord by asking hard questions. So I, I was going to a public high school mm. and I really just, my music stuff was taking off. So I was traveling so much. So I was becoming truant and my parents were like, okay, we need to maybe look at private school. So I started going to this private Christian school um, because that's what worked for my music, not because I was interested in, you know, um, anything like that yet. And when I got there, I had a Bible class. It was called Contemporary Issues from a Biblical Perspective. Wow, yeah. And it changed my whole life. Yeah. And my teacher, Megan Ryan, and I are still Megan. in contact. Yeah, she and I talk That's often. Awesome. She's still like one of my mentors to this wow. day. And I, I asked her really hard questions. And yes. I was like, okay, well, explain this, then explain yes. this, then explain this. And the answers were there. They mm -hmm. held up. Yeah. They It made yeah. sense. It started to click for me. And I had teachers that would like stay with me after school and let me keep asking questions. And well, so I mean, that's amazing. That's really how I came to found, find the Lord was asking hard questions and realizing, oh, God, God is big enough for my hardest questions. He can mm -hmm. handle them. So, um, yeah, I, I after asking enough questions, I was like, OK. At some point, I have to say, you know, what am I going to do with all of this information mm, yeah. that I now think is real and yes. true? And so um, I got baptized in the ocean in California. Wow. Nice. And um, yeah. And your baptism was your expressing yeah. that, okay, I'm committing my life to right. Jesus. I, I believe this gospel. That's so amazing. Yeah. You know, we Sunday we baptized a high schooler. Awesome. 16 or 17 years wow. old. Wow. And I love that. I love when like someone like 17 years old yeah. says, okay, I've asked some hard questions Yes, and I'm ready to follow Jesus. Yes. So awesome. Yeah. I, it's funny. You say your dad's a lawyer, a lawyer that goes to real life named Mark Rassus. Early on in my ministry, he said, you know, Freddie, that the, the greatest questions have the greatest answers. Mm. And I was like, huh. You know, That's and, good. And Mark's really, he's really sharp. And so that, that all, that led me on a little bit of a journey, you know, of, Testing that, you know, mm -hmm. is that true? You know, does that hold up? And it did for you as mm. a 17 year old asking all the hard questions. Absolutely. Yesterday, Absolutely. one of my best friends drove down from Nashville, Ryan Coatney. Coat was in my wedding, carried me through Greek and seminary. Hmm. Uh, he's uh, a pastor of a little church in Nashville, but he is starting a school with a church. So I connected him with Sarah Hendricks. Uh, who's a real lifer? Who is the founder of Chapel Hill Christian Academy? Yeah. Where you shout out? Where you taught? Yes. Short, you know, when you first came yeah. to Parkville, right? I did. I did a long term sub position there. Yes. I love Chapel Hill yeah. mm -hmm. so yeah. much. So, so I, like, I'm just so encouraged hearing your testimony. 
for Ryan and for Sarah, who Sarah has started this school, Ryan, who's a, getting ready to start this school, mm. of the, the potential power yes. of a Christian education Absolutely. for a 17-year-old mm. who grew up in the church, mm-hmm. heard the gospel, but mm-hmm. needs somebody to engage the hard questions with them. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And now you're, you're lifelong friends now with Megan. Yes. Yeah. Where Megan she, Ryan. Where does she live? Texas? She's in California. Ca- California. So. Is it, and that's where you were in California? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've never met anybody from Texas that's not proud that they're from Texas. Oh, abs- you know it. Yeah. If somebody's from Texas, they will tell you in the first five yeah. minutes of meeting them. It's like okay. CrossFit. So, and well, there's a good reason. Well, I praise God for your salvation. I've got so many other questions. Um, but let me camp out on this Texas one just for a second, yeah. and then we'll pivot back to your yeah. spiritual life. Um, what is it about Texas that makes everybody proud that they're from Texas? How long do you have? Yeah, just, you know. How long do you have? <laughs> we'll, do part, we'll do part three, okay. part four of the podcast. <laughs> okay, you know? okay. Where do I start? Um, first of all, like, the people. It's the people for okay. me, okay? okay? All right. There's this sense of camaraderie there. Yes. I said that wrong. Camaraderie? Camaraderie. 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 Yeah, 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 there's yeah. a sense of, like, everybody there. Um, it's good people. Yeah. It's good people. Um, there's just this shared culture yeah. that you can't – I think it's like CrossFit. Like mm-hmm. you said, where, like, CrossFit people are, like – we get each other. Yeah. We understand. You I think know? they have their own power grid too. I saw yeah. that. Like they Texas? actually like export power <laughs> to other like states. And mm-hmm. so theoretically, if Texas did want to secede from the United States, <laughs> they have their own power grid. Yeah. Other states, like you're getting it from other places, but Texas is like stands so. alone. Okay, so so infrastructure. Yeah. So what you just described is actually the way some longer-term New Yorkers describe New York. A hundred percent. I get that. And in New York City, though, it's it, New York City. There's, there's, here, here's where, here's where it comes from in New York City. New York City is hard to live in. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Not delightful, like Texas might be. Right. But, so I have a question behind that. But, but that's where this, like, one guy said, there's a flavor in life for those that have lived in New York that um, there's this mutual appreciation and respect of you did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did. You know, the cliche of if you make it here, you make it anywhere kind of kind of a thing. Right. But, like, it's hard. And those that slug it out in New York, there's just kind of this mutual appreciation. Yeah. What is it that unifies Texans? In New York, it's like, okay, mutual respect because it's really hard to live here right. for a variety of reasons. And you're doing it. I respect you. What is it about Texas that unifies? Well, I think, you know, there's a similar, within the Texas culture, there's also ranchers, which my family is really blessed to be a part of that community. And um, I think there's there's a lot of people in ranching that have not yet sold out. Mm. So I think that's another thing where it's like, if you still have that land, mm. you know, my family, we're eighth generation Texans, and some of that land is still... Mm. you know, from eight generations ago. And I think there's really something special about that among Texans of like, we're preserving history here. Mm. We're preserving something that doesn't always make sense to keep going at with like cattle and ranching there. My family's gone through times where it's like, this is not making anyone any money. This Mm. is really difficult, but like, there's something beautiful there about, you know, we have stayed true to those roots and kept that land and kept that, kept the, kept that alive. So, I feel like yeah. I just stepped into 
Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> right. in real life. There's something there's something really yeah. there. It's you know, and when I go back home, that's we're fixing fences, we're hauling cattle. Okay, now you said your your dad's a lawyer, your mom's real estate. So where how does that intersect with the ranching? Like who in your family yeah. kind of still does that or is there a little bit of that, a little bit of that? I mean Yeah, so my mom does ranching oh, sales ranching real estate. yeah ranching real estate yeah yeah, yeah that's exactly what she does um my dad is like part-time farmer part-time lawyer You're kidding. he's hoping to retire one of these days but you from know both? um no just from, from lawyer, lawyer yeah. so he can be full-time farmer so richard like, but he'll like be an like an eight-year-old who got his dream like he's yeah. playing like i want to be a lawyer i want to be a farmer <laughs> yeah I'm both yeah, yeah. Like, he'll cow. be out on the tractor Take a work call. Be like, I will get you that contract ASAP. Keep shredding. Go to the office. You know, it's crazy. So, yeah, we, um, and then my grandfather is actually getting inducted into the Cowboy Hall of Fame. That's okay. I saw this on social. Yeah. Because you posted something about this on social. Crazy. Say it again. Say it again. The Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame. Wow. He's your grandfather. What do you got to do to be in that? (laughs) You know, he's the real deal. um, But there's like, I mean legit cowboys that are in this thing. Like, <laughs> look it up. It's crazy. He, um, you get nominated. Mm. Um, and he's, he was president of Texas Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. What is your grandfather's full name? George David Scott, the third. Wow. George David. There you go. Yeah. That's it. George, that's a legacy George right there. David yeah. Scott, the third yeah. king. Yeah. It's King's crazy. Name. So he's, uh, he's the does, real does deal. He, he's he a cowboy. Sleep, does he sleep with a chaw in? Chalk tobacco. So like, okay, so I want the, some chaw now. Yeah, some, like, I'm sure that there are some things because your song, This Ain't No Country Club, actually yeah. pokes fun of people that like are trying to pull off cowboy yeah, that, yeah. Have, that yeah. are like not cowboy at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you, what would you say, like, is a legitimate, like, cowboy? What, what yeah. what's a characteristic of a legitimate cowboy? I think. A characteristic of a... Well, first of all, I want everyone to know the song is all in good fun. Yeah. It is totally <laughs> you okay. Can tell. You, you can know, tell. it's funny and it's, it's great. fun. It's um, great. But yeah, so I think a legitimate cowboy has at least had to fix a fence before. Right. Like that's the that's the bottom. That's the bare minimum yeah, in my book. It's not that you're wearing a cowboy hat and boots. No, it's yeah. It's that you're actually... You actually have worked. On yeah. The well, and, and got, I think growing up and, around... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the legit cowboys, it's like, you know, I came to Nashville and I'm doing the Nashville <laughs> thing and I'm meeting these guys and I'm just like, have you ever, ever been like within five feet of a cow? Yeah, I went you to know? Belmont, so. Okay, you know. Hearing, yeah, the, the whatever the, the sub, con- I wouldn't even call it country, but it's like. Yeah. They wear flat bills, they got a full sleeve tattoo mm-hmm. and are from L.A. Yeah. I'm like. What kind of? But you're singing about the the kind of pandering to that country audience. Yeah, country music needs you, Delaney. <laughs> oh that's my God. that's what I that's that's my takeaway. That's so nice. Country music needs you. Okay, we're uh, you're married to Ross. Yeah. How long have you guys been married? We've been married two and a half years. Newlyweds. 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 Thank you for saying that. Somebody the other day was like, "You're not a newlywed." Oh, I was like, yes. I've, I I, I'm sure four years, and I still think I'm a newlywed. Yeah. 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 Feel some like people, five. Some maybe. people say like you're two the hardest. Really? Yeah. It's. I think Susan says last year, whatever last year was, was the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever year it is. Whatever year it is. <laughs> this one. Is That's right. The, the current right year. Now. Now. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Where did you guys meet? We met at Texas A and M. 
Giga Maggie's, nice. and we um, we met at a camp called Impact. Mm. It's basically like the freshman orientation where they all the churches come and help you kind of get plugged into a church. Okay. Um, and we were just in the same group and started chatting and realized, you know, both our parents went to A&M mm. and um, we both played guitar and just had a ton in common. And yeah. Did you... Is is A and M where Breakaway is? Yeah. Did you, did you ever attend yeah, Breakaway? Did I we did. Talk about this? Um, maybe. I'm yeah. not sure. Were you ever yeah. there when Ben Stewart was there? I was like right after Ben Stewart, yeah, but yeah. always heard about Ben Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about Ben yesterday with somebody. We were talking about passion stuff. And yeah. Um. What What's the guy's name that leads it? F. No, mm. no, I don't you know. Yeah. Anyways, you're familiar with Breakaway, and yes. that's on the campus. Yeah. But you guys met at Impact. Yes. Which was a camp. Which was a camp. What Were you in high school? Um, we were about to start freshman year of college. Look at that. So summer before. Okay. Um, so we had both just turned 18 and mm. just, we were just kids. Did he catch your eye first? Did you catch his eye first? How did that work? <laughs> he said he remembers I was licking the salt off of a pretzel. Nice. And he Romantic. saw me yeah. and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it checks out. That sounds about <laughs> right for me. Um, Tell us about Ross. Ross mm. is amazing. Ross is um, an infantry officer right now is what he's you, doing. Ross. Yeah, he's um, crushing it. He just got back from a nine-month rotation in Europe. Mm. So glad to have him back. He um, is currently trying to learn the fiddle. That's been really oh interesting. Does he have any musical background? He plays guitar. Does he? Um, and he's really good. Is he really? Yeah, I, I think he's really yeah, good. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. think he's yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so he's trying to learn the fiddle. He is currently not as good at that, but he will get there. Mm, I have yeah. faith. There you go. <laughs> um, is that like, so like, I, I, babe, I need a fiddle player. For, for my no, literally, music. I was like, I, it's, Baby, you better start that's actually what fiddle. it was because I was like having to pay fiddle yeah, players yeah. and he was like, I should just learn to do it. That's amazing. And I was like, world tour 2028. Yeah, here we come. As we talk about living with our wives in an understanding way. Look at yes. that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. that was our early morning talk this yeah. morning. I love that. Fiddle for Lauren. Okay, very cool. Um, how when. You guys started dating. Mm -hmm. When you guys started dating, did Ross already know he wanted to go to the military? Yes. We had that conversation okay. very early on because he was just kind of yeah. like, is this a deal breaker yeah. thing for you? Yeah. Don't want to get too far into this right. if you're like, how did you process that? Happen. I actually took a couple days. I was like, can I have a couple days to just mm. think and pray about whether that's <laughs> the right thing for me? Um, and I remember just praying really hard for a couple days and mm. It, it's a, it was a scary thing. And at the time, mm. he wasn't quite sure what branch he wanted to go into. He was thinking maybe Navy at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to marry this guy that's going to be on a boat for months yeah, at a time, yeah. you know, in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. And um, So just as I prayed, I just kind of realized that that could potentially be part of my calling and purpose is to um, just like he wants to help with my dreams. You know, I want to help him pursue his in that yes. way. So. Yes, that's yeah. amazing. Um, well, so here you are in your first two years of marriage, and your husband deploys for nine months. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so he's actually been gone um, a year total out of over a year out of our wow. two years married so far. And so um, I am in a way really grateful um, because I just know that, you know, we're not we're not life military people 
we've decided, you know, we're not quite sure we're taking it step by step, but you know, I know one day we're going to look back and it's going to be like, man, those trials Mm -hmm. brought us so much closer to each other, to God. And I don't know. I just have this sense of like how much worse can get, can it get like, you know, we've done it. We've seen nine months apart, like bring it on, you know, see a first Lieutenant right now. He's a first Lieutenant nailed it probably get out at like captain is that kind of where so my brother-in-law's about to do that i think he that's usually like when you get out is get captain and then that's kind of what we're thinking okay. we'll we'll see you know it's it's step by step we always try to leave a little margin for like yeah. if the lord is like you're saying yeah, 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 we yeah, don't want to sure. be set on something um mm-hmm. until it's actually time to make that decision so did Ross grow up in Texas as well? He did. He actually, okay, here's a crazy story. He grew up in Texas, but then his senior year of high school, he moved about 30 minutes away from me in California. Oh, wow. And we have pictures on the same beach on the same day. I worked at a Whole Foods that he and his family used to you always go to. On the same beach, the same day, but not with each other. Not with each other. Wow. Look at the timestamps. We're yes. like same beach, same day. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Crazy. We're in California. Um, I grew up in Carmel, okay. California, Pebble Beach. If you watch golf at okay. all, that yeah. area. Yeah. Okay. Monterey. So you were thirty, but you did you ever that's bump crazy. into each other there? No. Oh, that's not wild. that we know of, but yeah. the Whole Foods that I worked at, he and his family would go to <laughs> every Wednesday night. I used that. to work every Wednesday so night. Like Check them out with the groceries. Crazy and thing. So, mm. yeah, and then we we met six months later. That's cool. You know. Yeah, that's wild. Um, well, thank you, Ross, yeah. for your brave service protecting us and securing our freedom. And um, and thank you, Delaney, for your sacrifice in sending Ross out. Thank you to protect us. And thank you to all of our military families. Yeah, absolutely. We love and just treasure. It's just amazing. I love hearing the stories. Mm. And Delaney, I, what you just said unhesitatingly about being grateful how God is using the trial to mm-hmm. strengthen you and bring you together. I mean, there's some military spouses that need to hear that. Mm-hmm. They need to hear that because the trials, the the devil wants to get a foothold in the midst mm. of the difficulty and cause it to be a division for families, Yeah, right? And you've got such a wise and mature perspective to say, no, as we walk with God and depend on God, yeah. this God is actually using this to, to bring us yeah. close to one another. Yeah, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. It was tough. There were days, you know, I want anybody out there that is going through that right now to understand, like, it was not rainbows and sunshine. It is difficult, but God was there in all of it. How, um, how was connection to your church family important while he was deployed? So, so, so important. Can you tell us about that? Community group. Um, you know, the night that Ross, his last small group, everybody laid hands on him Mm. and on me. And I had... Every like husband in that group, every guy come up to me and say, I am right down the road. I am right down the road. If you need anything, I will be there in 15 minutes. Here at real life. Here at real life. How long had you been at the church? (sighs) Maybe four months or so. So that was just really gave me so much peace to know like, okay, we just moved here. He's deploying. I don't know anyone, but I just had so much confidence in God's family would show up just like they did when we were in Georgia and he left, you know, it it was really cool to see like, you know, we're leaving that church family behind in Georgia at Fort Benning, but I knew we had so much confidence that God would give us another church family here. Real lifers. What I want you to hear in this testimony is that what Delaney is describing is not automatic. Mm. 
it doesn't just happen. Like we as a church family have to be intentional and make commitments to our community group and show up with our hearts open and our hands ready to mm-hmm. serve. And what you experienced, it's not random. It, right. it, it, it comes out of people's heartfelt obedience. Mm-hmm. I mean, like everybody that shows up to community group, 50% of them on the way there is, are saying, I'm oh, tired. I wish we could just, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. How, how good would it be to just veg tonight? Mm-hmm. Right. And we, and that's not the route. Like mm-hmm. the easy route is not what God has called us to. The yeah. sacrificial route to show up so that Delaney and Ross, four months in mm-hmm. to attending a new church yeah. in a new community, newly married, yeah, have people with their hands on them praying for them, say, "We've got your back." Yeah, mm. and that gave Ross so much peace. Yes, leaving to know like, okay, she has these people that are here, right down the road ready to serve, ready to help. So what was it? What was it that led you to connect to a church so quickly Mm. being new in a town? Yeah. Because it'd be really easy. It'd be really easy for Ross to say, Hey, why don't you take the next, you know, you just visit churches for the next nine months and find one for us. Right. Right. But you guys like what, why did, why did you jump right in? What, what was it about real life maybe that caused it to feel sticky to you? Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. Our, our last church in Georgia, I think there was like, there was a sadness leaving. We loved our church there. And so I think that sadness um, kind of drew us to say, okay, we really want to find that community again here, that, um, that church family. Um, and, you know, our last church, we picked it because, one of the, the the first sermon we went to was kind of about um, not not it wasn't about not church hopping, but it was about um, you know not being a consumer in the church mm, and making sure that you're serving. And then you had a sermon pretty much exactly like wow. that as our first oh. service here at Real Life, and we were kind of like, okay, Lord, like we see you, we hear you, and so we kind of were like, this seems like our kind of church, somewhere that we could. Our main thing was like where's somewhere that we can get plugged in quickly and easily and has groups open yeah, and yeah. ready to receive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I so appreciate you. T- I didn't know what all we would talk about today. Yeah. I knew I was just going to ask you a hundred questions, <laughs> um, but I love your testimony because there's people listening today that a, they're a community group host or facilitator and they're tired. Mm-hmm. And the Bible exhorts us, do not grow weary in yeah. well-doing. Right. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And there's somebody mm-hmm. on the verge of like sending an email saying, hey, we're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. And maybe they need to. Yeah. Sometimes there's seasons, right? For Ecclesiastes sure. 3 tells us there's seasons of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, I, but I'm guessing that your testimony is actually emboldening. It's strengthening. It's mm-hmm. encouraging somebody to stay in the ministry game mm-hmm. of continuing to host, continuing to facilitate. Yeah. I bet there's somebody that hasn't yet stepped out to host or facilitate. Yeah. Mm. That's going, wow. Maybe I'm young in my faith. Yeah. Maybe I'm new to the church. Maybe I've been burned by a group before. Mm-hmm. But hearing what God has done in Ross and Delaney's life, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That could happen in my home. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and you, I, yeah. you don't know who will show up, who might show up next week. You have that's no idea, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, props to you and Ross for jumping in. Thank you. Yeah. Because it, you know, trust is a gift that's given 
it's not something that can ever be fully earned. Mm -hmm. Trust can be uh, lost easily, but at the end of the day, trust is a gift that must be given. And for you to come into a new church knowing we may not be in Tennessee for Mm -hmm. all our life, it it would be easy to just say, well, we're going to, we're going to hold people at arm's length. Yep. That was always the temptation in the Mm. military. You know, even just with relationships, I find myself having to fight that urge to be like, should I really invest here? Should I really dig it? Should I really get get invested with this person knowing, you know, we're just going to leave in however many years. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, we can't waste two years. Mm. We can't, you know, we could ease. I don't want to look back in two years and be like, okay, it's fine. I want to be sad to leave one day. You know, that's so mature. Spoken from a 24 year old young woman. You sound (laughs) 50 year old wisdom right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so biblically rich because that's, that's what Paul did. He left in tears when he would leave Mm. the churches Mm. that he planted, Mm. you know, and his ministry posts, um, Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. What do you love about real life? Uh, you know, I honestly, I it may sound cliche, but I just love the realness. I mm. felt that sense of um, nobody there was just trying to put on a face. Nobody was, people we would talk to like early on in conversations would be like, you know, it's been a rough week. Like people mm. I didn't really know yet, yeah. you know? And I was yeah. like, that is so cool that people here are not trying to be anything they're not. Yeah. Do mm. you find... Do you find that that's common among Christians or among churches? No, I I wish it was. You no, know, but you find it it's common that people are oh yes. a little surface. Yeah, I don't find it's common for people to immediately be yeah. authentic. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's and I, I get why it's it's easy to just you know I think we we want to look like we've got it together, but that's something I've so appreciated here is you know people are like this is me, this is what's going on and. Mm. Grant, you're, you're you, welcome. Is that your experience with our church? Yeah, yeah. the The realness, I think, that's what drew us to real life. Was, and it wasn't like the topic necessarily of the sermon, but I think I don't just this sense of yeah, realness and genuineness with you being up on stage, and then as we got to know um, the the people because again the second service was on the land and so when we huddled up into groups and prayed we um it was uh jim his name jim i forget their last name but we saw them like the next day or the next sunday and we said hi and i was like oh this is cool because the churches we've been going to you could kind of go in and go out without really seeing and saying hi but we were like wow this is already making connections and then got to net connected to the achoas and so that kind of like snowballed to like we were just you know, meeting people and yeah, everyone was real. It wasn't because that's the first thing I'm like, don't give me, don't give me Christianese cliches mm-hmm. when like we're all, we're all facing it in some, some yeah. sense. Um, well, so. I encourage you to, to, to help us protect that culture. Yeah. yeah. For um, sure. Because it could easily, you know, we're a growing church. It, we could easily kind of turn plastic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, polished. Yep. Yeah. You know, and uh, we want to, there's nothing to hide. Nobody needs a plastic fake church. There's no hope in that, you yeah. know, and it's not good for us. You know, yeah. like if we can't be honest about our weakness and our sin and our need, we can't be strengthened in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, 
I, you guys fire me up. I love that that was, that's what you said. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about your music. Okay. All right. So you've brought such a lift to our worship team. Oh, thanks for saying that. Thank you. Thank you for participating. It's not easy, you know, and because you're on the road a lot mm-hmm. with your music. Mm-hmm. So I could only imagine that when you're home, it'd be nice to just chill a little bit, you, you know, with yeah. music, you know, because it's what you're doing on the road and mm. it's what you're doing in the daily grind, writing. And yeah. Um, uh, so how would you how would you best define like your vocational pursuits? Singer, songwriter, country artist, all the above. Yeah. How do we how do we refer to you, understand you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You know, I think at the end of the day, this is the gift God's given me. And I'm super grateful that this is the gift God has given me. It is so much fun. Like, I genuinely find so much joy in music, whether it's worship or, you know, writing my own stuff. Um, Yeah, but I think I'm defined as Delaney, singer-songwriter, you know. and um, Singer-songwriter. Singer-songwriter. Okay, all right. So um, that's good language. That's yeah, appropriate. Singer songwriter. I, I ask because I'm not a guru. You know, okay, like yeah. I don't yeah, yeah. Like I don't so so it's not uncommon for me to think that I know somebody's world yeah. and be referring to them to something like with like some amateur esque language <laughs> that they're like, Yeah, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. So let me just say yeah. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No, that's great. Delaney, is there a part of the process that you like in regards to up on stage performing? kind of maybe in a quiet room songwriting, what part of the process do you enjoy most? Mm, good question. It's writing. It's writing songs. Yeah. That's 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 my favorite part. That's the best part for me is um, writing song, whether by myself or with a co-writer, mm. and you, it just suddenly all makes sense and it clicks. There's just no feeling yeah. like that. So if you could have it your way, would you like to be like, I mean, I just want to make a good living writing songs. I could be back on like a a Luke Bryan record or something one day to Ooh, where I'm a I songwriter would or would you like to be both doing the songwriting, but I would like to have kind of that, I, you know, star presence. honestly. So I, when I first came to Nashville, I was like, I'm just going to write songs. I want to write songs for other people. That's my lane. That's what I'm good at. Um, and I actually was like, you know what? I have so many songs and mm. they're never going to see the light of day if I don't sing them. Mm. So I was like, you know, if these aren't going to get cut by somebody else, I think I'm going to yeah. go ahead and do the thing myself. So I just didn't want all these, you know, I've written over 500 songs at this point, And I was like, I don't want all of those to just live on a shelf yeah. forever yeah. collecting dust. That's a lot. Yep. 24-year-old 500 songs. <clears throat> yeah. um, I mean, it sounds like a lot to it, me. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here you, your husband is stationed at Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. So proximity to Nashville. Yes. Like, did this surprise you or was it always in the plan? Like how yeah. did that, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is just another like praise God moment. So, you know, when I married Ross and knew that he wanted to do the military, I was kind of like, I'm in a way giving up my dream for now mm. to help him pursue his of ranger school and all these things that he wanted to accomplish. And I was like, that's fine. You know, that's what I'm going to do. And maybe one day there will be a time where he can support my dream of getting to Nashville. I, I had been traveling to Nashville since I was 11 years Come old. Um, I would take trips like oh my God, once a month. I would serious? get to come up, record meetings, that kind of thing. Really? So wow. had always wanted to live in Nashville my whole life. It was the dream. But, you know, I met Ross. I felt called that direction. And I said, okay, God, it's all good. 
that's that's where we're headed for now maybe one day and then we got to kind of preference our duty stations mm. and i was like man if we could get close to nashville if we could just get close mm. to nashville that would be so amazing mm. didn't know if we'd get it but when we found out we did i was like lord mm. how mm. if you had told mm. me mm. three four years ago that there was a way for ross to pursue his dream and for me to pursue mine at the same time i would have been like that's literally impossible. I can't imagine how yeah. that could all come together. Wow. wow. I, I had no idea that that was even, I could not have written mm. it better myself. So with, with God, all things are possible. Literally mm. praise God yes. that this is the way it worked out. So I'm so grateful to be near Nashville. Um, Here's what I'm struck by in your story is you, it, you kind of, you kind of blitzed by this phrase, but you made a sacrifice and, and you said, I'm just going to do it. Mm. Mm. And then you kept talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. Let's, let's come back to that. You made a decision to sacrifice your dream for your husband's dream. Mm-hmm. Temporarily. Yeah. In faith. Yeah. That perhaps somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um, was it hard? Like, I mean, the essence of sacrifice is that it's painful. Yeah. But was it hard for you to trust that God was going to give you a chance to pursue your passion, prioritizing your husband's? You know, I don't think I even trusted that I would for sure get to do that Uh, one day. I think I trusted that God had a better plan, whatever that was going to be, whether that was going to be I never got to do the music thing and that, you know, I was going to just write songs on my own and that was going to be my passion and hobby by myself. Um, And maybe I was going to you know, have kids earlier or, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what that looked like, but I think I just knew that God had something in mind. Cause I knew where he, I knew the direction he was calling me. I just, I trusted whatever that was going to entail. I think. Well, I want to, I want to commend you for following your husband's leadership. That's Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Um, what a great example of a young wife, newly married saying, I'm going to push pause and I don't even, Maybe it was, I'm going to let this die mm-hmm. because you, you were saying, yeah. I wasn't even trusting necessarily this was going to come back around, Right. but I'm going to let my dream die to follow the leadership of my husband. Right. So, so a, I want to, I want to, I want to say to every wife listening to this at real life, wow, mm. God will honor you following your husband's leadership insofar as he's not leading you into sin. Right. God will bless your obedience to follow your husband's leadership. Mm, absolutely. He may be boneheaded. He may be filled with all of his warts and all of his sins and all of his shortcomings, but it is beautiful in the sight of your heavenly father when you do that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for your example. Yeah. I That's mean, awesome. Um, what are you going to say? Praise God. Like <laughs> I, I just, there's nothing, there's, so I couldn't have, I couldn't have, come up with how this was going to work out. So, mm. you know, God absolutely blessed that decision. So, it, but then I'm immediately struck by, I think of like Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. And I think about God testing Abraham's faith. We mm. know that that's what he was doing because the author of Hebrews, Grant, you're yes. about to read the book of Hebrews, maybe. Um, Having faith that he would be resurrected, right? Yes. Isaac, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So, yes. So, so God is testing Abraham's faith and Abraham believed that that Isaac would be resurrected. 
God tells him to go sacrifice his son Isaac. Yeah. And he goes up, puts him on the altar, and then there's a ram in the thicket. Mm -hmm. So Abraham is obeying God in this radical expression of faith-filled obedience. Mm -hmm. And God says, no, I've got another plan. Yeah. And I feel like it's exactly what you did. I have never made that comparison. I love that so much. Yeah, Yeah. That's that's beautiful. I think Campbell. Yeah. Was your ram in the thicket? Driving distance to Nashville. Yeah. Come on, Delaney. Crazy, crazy. Love you know, it. and that drive, it gets to me some days. And every time. Sucks. Yeah, it's the worst, <laughs> those potholes. But every time I'm driving it, I am just thinking of little 12-year-old Delaney that yeah. would get on a plane. Oh I would have gosh. driven 12 hours a day. That's a beautiful way to look Nashville when you come in from Clarksville. I think that's yeah. like my favorite approach to Nashville. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's beautiful. Great. So, you know. Yeah. Your 12-year-old dream was mm. getting on a plane to go to that city. Yes, now you're I can drive there. Drive the yes, it's crazy. Well, praise God. You know, uh, sometimes, sometimes God allows us to sacrifice our Isaacs on the altar. Mm. Um, and when he does, he can be trusted. Yeah. Um, but often... He wants to test our faith, and he honors our faith. Absolutely. He honors our faith. When we honor him, he honors us. And um, I just, that's a tremendous story of, of the way God has honored your sacrifice, mm. uh, your dream. Yeah. You put it on hold to follow your husband, and, and God's like, here, let me reward your faith in the here and now. Yeah. We know God is going to reward our faith in the life to come. Mm-hmm. We know that. There was this time where um, the early disciples were asking Jesus kind of a what's in it for us. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it was Peter that said, Jesus, we've left, we've, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus replies. And Jesus doesn't rebuke Peter. Like Jesus doesn't say, you've left everything to follow me. Well, what's in it for you? Well, mm-hmm. you're always thinking about you, Peter. Mm-hmm. J- Jesus actually responds going, yes. And everyone who is left, no, no one has left father and mother and brother and lands that will not be repaid many times as much in this life mm. and in the life to come. Mm-hmm. And and I think what he was saying to Peter there, Peter, you know, all these disciples left their family to follow Jesus. And I think he was, I think he was saying, you're going to receive a spiritual family in the church. Uh, you're going to receive many, many fathers in the church in this life. And I think he was saying, and in the life to come, you're going to be rewarded with a, you know, with with so much more than you can. The Bible says, "What no eye has seen, mm-hmm. nor ears, nor heard, nor the heart of man has imagined what God has for us." So sometimes in this life, we get the reward of our sacrifice, right? And you're tasting some of that now, mm-hmm. right? But um, we'll definitely get it in the life to come. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's so much more to talk about. But we, we can't go on and on and on all yeah. day. So let's talk about, though, um, your most recent song that yeah. you just released yeah. a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Three uh, weeks ago and, now. And it, is, do I have the title right? This Ain't No Country Club. This Ain't Country Club. This Ain't Country Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Country this Ain't Nailed Country it. Club. Nailed it. Um, I love it. Thank Did you. Did you have anybody write on that song with you? No, that one was just Come me. Come on. That's just me. A solo br- write. It's brilliant. Thank you. You have a real gift of songwriting. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us about that song. Yeah, so that one's just like a little anthem for the fake cowboys. It's a, <laughs> it's a fun one. I, you know, when I wrote it, I was just I had to ke- keep putting it down because I just kept laughing. Like I was like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and then I'd take twenty minutes and I'd be like, I'll get back to it. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a really fun one, and it it had a little TikTok moment um, that prompted me to put it out. And um, 
I was shocked when that happened. I'd never had a video kind of do what that one did. Tell and us what so it did. What it did. It hit 500,000. Um, on TikTok? On TikTok. Like you just kind of recorded it on a TikTok or how did, how did, how did that it go? Was, I was at a writer's round. Okay. And, you know, I remember thinking like, should I play this one? Because there's a lot of fake cowboys in this room that might be <laughs> a little offended by this. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And so I, I played that one and they actually filmed that night. And so I got the clip. Um, nice. It was a great clip. And I, I put it up and people loved it. People were people were loving it. And so I was like, I think it's time to put this one out. So I've gotten the studio with awesome producer in Nashville. Grady Saxman did it. And um, he's done some awesome Luke Combs and Lainey Wilson. Nice. He's done some cool nice, things. Yeah. So it was really cool to work with him. And Was it hard to get that guy to produce your stuff? Um, he liked the song, I think. Um, how did, how did you get the song in his ears? Yeah, I have a a manager I work with in Nashville that kind of works with him closely and she passed it on. So Mm, where did you get that manager? How did that happen? I got that manager. She actually reached out to me, um, after I'd been in Nashville a little (laughs) bit. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, it's been crazy. Um, did, did you have that experience more than once? Did you have multiple people reaching out to you saying, let me... Let me help you. After that video, yes, okay. which is kind of crazy. I hadn't really had anything mm. like that. But after you have one thing blow up, everybody's like, hey. <laughs> so, yeah, wow, it's been cool. cool. It's been Well, really here's cool. what we're going to do. We're going to we're actually going to close out the show today listening to that song. It's I gonna love be the, it. It's going to be the last thing. Um, so we're almost about to, we're almost landing the plane on today's show. But Grant, as you're hearing Delaney talk about this TikTok uh, video that got 500,000 <laughs> views and all these, was it views or likes or views yeah. views, and then views. comments and likes and all the things. Um, I'm not on TikTok. Yeah. You're on TikTok. You're on TikTok. I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah periodically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talk to us about that. Like what, like you, you kind of have your finger in this world a little bit of like kind of online presence and things like that. What's the significance of her song getting, yeah, I mean, 500,000, that's 500, an incredible 500, feat. Uh, my TikTok journey, and you can look at it, my third TikTok I ever posted got 1.2 million. No, Are you that's serious? Incredible. And it was like, I'm dead, yeah, Clay, I'm dead serious. And what was it? What it was, was it? like, uh, tell me you're a husband without telling me you're a husband, and I just do some like. Isn't this crazy? I bet I've seen it. I bet and I've it was seen it. Like, it that's went crazy. viral. <laughs> My third TikTok, every other TikTok I've posted does not get more than like 300 views. So I can't figure that? out. I'm like, I can't figure out. It's, it's different content. It's, it's like spiritual as content. You, as soon as so. you start talking about Jesus, they cancel. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 500,000 is, yeah, that's Well, and what was incredible. so exciting for me about it was that it was a song I wrote. You know, yeah. I yes. feel like a lot of time covers go viral. Mm-hmm. But to have my own music, have a little moment was yeah. really fun. What, ha- yeah. How... When, like, tell us the progression of, like, uh, were you checking in and going, oh, I got a thousand views, or, like, how did that happen? It got, like, 300 views, and I was like, yep, that's about normal, you know, 20 likes, something something really low, and I was just like, okay, cool, and I was at dinner, I was at the mailroom, and I was eating with my neighbors, and I I was- I think Clay likes the mailroom, Clay Bebe. Not a big fan. You don't like the mailroom. You need that state Jesus will come back and glorify his palate, and he will like the mailroom. 
I like the mailroom. I like it's, the mailroom. I, I do too. Mailroom. It's it's more of the ambiance than anything. It I is just, a great environment. It's a good I vibe. The food. Yeah, it is a good vibe. It's a good vibe. I like the steak. Have you gotten the steak, Timmy Cherry? Have you gotten the butter steak? Have you gotten the butter steak? I haven't gotten that there yet. Butter steak. What are you laughing at me? Getting excited about the butter steak is good. Anyways, I totally interrupted you. So disrespectful. You said the mailroom. Yeah. No. 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 I was at the mailroom and. I just looked at my phone for a second. I was like, I think something's happening. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's going on? And I was like, there's like 15 comments. And so I opened it up and I was like, whoa. And then I just watched it for, it happened so fast. It was yeah. over the span of like three hours or so. Wow. You're kidding. It you was, got to 500,000 yeah, in that, wow. It was crazy. And then it just stopped. Yeah, it's so weird. It was wild. It was wild. Somebody somewhere has got to be able to explain this phenomenon. Like with accuracy, it's like the, the okay. This is not. Yeah, like oh. how does this happen? This is not with accuracy, but okay. it's like the more it, it pushes itself, yes. the comments right. it's getting, the more it, traction it builds, more traction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like you compound know. interest, just boom. Yeah, it yeah. I think mm -hmm. I I don't think there's somewhere someone somewhere behind a desk going this one. Yeah, right. I don't so think that's like it's honestly kind of like the real life logo. So like. You, you post a video and it automatically shows it to like, that's why mine gets stuck at like 300. Yeah. It shows it to like 200, 300 people initially based right. on how that does primarily with like average view duration. doesn't really matter about likes or comments, but okay. like are people watching over 50% of your video, yep. mm. then they'll shell it out to a larger swath. And so it just compounds Gross, based yeah. on. Okay, that first 300, they over 50% are watching. Interesting. We're going to show it to another three. So that's when it goes viral. Um, so, I, you know, one of my questions is is how often do they change the... Oh, I'm sure they're always tweaking with it. Yeah. Now it's longer videos. Yeah. Now they want yeah, longer TikTok's videos. TikTok's always like, post now longer videos. I'm like, well, people aren't even watching my videos, so I'm trying to... Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I'm sure they're always tweaking it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's different. Like you hop on, post on YouTube, and it's like it's totally different. Every YouTube platform. and Instagram reels is totally yeah. different than what TikTok. So it's just, I don't know. So, uh, ain't no country club. How long did it take to write? Uh, ain't th this ain't, ain't country club. Yeah, this ain't country club. It took um, probably about a day of like, but because I was putting <laughs> it down and coming back to, to of, it. Yeah. Um, Only a day. You wrote that song in a day. Yeah, yeah. Pro probably wow. like a total of hour and a half or so, like of actual wow. writing. So I hear about these experiences where sometimes somebody will go in and 30 minutes later they've pumped out oh, a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. But sometimes, sometimes people are, work on them for years. Yeah, sometimes. I, I mean, my longest song, I started the verse in 2017 and I finished it in 2022, wow. you know? So sometimes you just kind of pick stuff up and put it down mm. and sometimes your best songs come out in like 30 minutes and you're like, wow, that was just inspired and it's yeah. and it's there. Delaney, with, with the way your music career is is emerging. I think it would be really easy to put all your eggs in this basket and to not be, to not create any margin to sing and play with our worship team. Mm. But this Sunday, you led us so beautifully into the presence of God. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. And thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. But why, 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 why do you do that? Like, in, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking, okay, here's time. Creative energy, vocal cords, like all the things. Yeah. That you could be resting, refreshing, writing, yeah, gigging. Like you could take all that time and energy that you're serving the church with. Yeah. And you could invest it in the advancement of your musical career. Why do you choose to 
to serve the church the way you do? Well, I, th- I think we can't ever look at our gifts as like an expendable resource. I think we can't look at things God's given us as like, oh, I'm going to run out of it, you know, mm. because we have a, a greater source giving us those mm. things. And so I've had moments in my career where I'm like, oh, what if that's the last great song I've written? What if that's the last song I can write? And then I have to always come back and remind myself like, no, God has given me like endless creativity, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a cool, awesome thing to lean into. And um, that's a faith posture. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, like that's a faith posture because, because there's a sense in which there's a, there's a sense in which like James would say, you who say you're going to go to this or that city mm-hmm. and make a profit there. Yeah. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. Right. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So, so there is a sense in which you'd say, well, this, unless the Lord wills that I write yeah. another song, right. this will be the last song. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but, but I think what I'm hearing you say is you have a confidence in the Lord's plan, yeah. in his call, in his direction, and your heart is postured in a place of faith. Yeah. That no, I'm not gonna live in a in a in a um I'm not gonna live in this posture of a of a deficit. Like guarding. I'm gonna I don't live wanna... in this posture of abundance. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I don't wanna I, w- I don't wanna ever say, you know, I'm gonna run out of songs I can sing, you know, it's like, this is the gift God's given me and I can go to a writer's round on a Sunday night and lead worship Sunday morning, you know, it's, yeah. it's, mm. it's a cool thing. And I definitely don't want to guard that. Um, I want to have, you know, openness with what God's given me and use yeah. it for the church and yeah. God's glory. So. I, thi- I, I think, it. I think what I see in your example, one is, is, is a maturity of not, um, one, not making an idol out of your work. Mm. So we're in this work series yeah, where if work got, all of your energy, all of your time to where you have this talent, but you don't use it for the Lord in the church. Right. Right. But that's what a lot of people do. Right. A lot of people feel like they have no margin. They have no anything to give the Lord's church. They've got amazing expertise that the Lord has given them in whatever their field is, but they don't invest it. So I I just feel like, like the way you're navigating that, it just fires me up. It encourages me. And right. I think it's a great example mm. for, for other young women, other yeah. older women and men in our church to just yeah. to see, find a way. Yeah. Find a way. Find a way to give the Lord your best. Find a way to um to in in a in a busy, full schedule of traveling, yeah, writing. And it's not easy work that you're doing. Um, yeah, so I'm just thankful for your Yeah, example. no, I mean, it's mm-hmm. been, and it's such a blessing to get to do that. And I think another quick tidbit that I've learned is like, um, kind of also, so I, I was very lucky early on in starting worship to have somebody that kind of guided me in understanding the difference in those two things of like, yeah. you know, when I'm up there leading on a Sunday, I am not performing. Yeah. I am not, um, trying to impress mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. I am not trying to not even focused on necessarily like, okay, this is going to be the best sound, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, yeah. I, this is a totally different thing leading worship than songwriting. So I think also separating those things helps my mind too, of mm. like, okay, this is not a performance, you know? And so it's not exhausting in the way that touring is, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I just, I just see God's hand on you to bring about that kind of maturity Thank you. because it's, it's one thing to recognize that. 
and have that uh, concept, have a conviction that that's true, what you just said. It's a whole other thing to, to like live that out mm-hmm. and you crush it. It's great. Okay. So fun. We're going to, um, Grant, any last question for Delaney? No, I'm excited cool, to cool, see cool. your music career. Um, and uh, Delaney, what's coming up for you next? What's what's next for your musical career? Yeah, so I'm releasing um, four more songs throughout this year as singles okay. um, and then working on a full-length album okay. coming out eventually. Do you have a favorite song that you've written? Oh, I, it's always changing. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites right now is called 232, and okay. it's about our little family farm that's on county road 232 uh-huh. wow. and oh, it's one of my favorites so yeah and, and will that be one of the four that you release yes that Two, one's coming out it's mm-hmm. coming what month could we expect it to drop i think may all right planning on may yeah yeah fun, okay fun. 232 all right can't wait um and a full length album yeah. when do you anticipate that i'm still writing okay. still writing for it i've got about like 20 songs so far got to narrow it down to 10 but i'm still kind of writing like oh this is the missing piece so Mm. hopefully within you know a year or so and and what's the most what's the most interesting thing for our podcast listeners that i may not have drawn out by a question today like tell us the good stuff like anything anything Mm. about delaney that man we just ought to know like like imagine if i discovered it a month from now and I'd be like, Delaney, you should have totally told mm-hmm. us that on the you podcast. Totally Is there anything? Told us yeah. that. Oh, I don't know. I'm an open book. Um, let's see. Anything cool with your music? Here's a, oh, okay. I always forget. I always have to text my husband and ask who this is. He played Loki. Um, oh, the actor? Yeah, whatever oh, his name is. I forget. Um, people seem to love him and freak yeah, out. Yeah, he's, he's big. What's his name? Clay, anything? Is Loki a movie? Yeah, it's the Marvel Thor's brother. Okay. No, not Loki. Oh, gosh. Okay. So what about this guy? Did he come and listen to one of your I just always, yeah, I met him at a gig. No, it's not Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) It's another guy. Oh, dang. I'm going to have to come back on and tell y'all eventually. Like in that realm of notoriety. What is his name? Okay, he's huge. Maybe I need to just pull up the picture because I have it right here. But anyway, he was at a gig. And I thought that he wanted to take a picture with me, yeah. but it was my mom telling me to go take a picture. That's with him. hysterical. And so I, the picture's so funny. But I, um, yeah, he <laughs> was at a gig, and my mom was like, "Oh, uh, go take a picture with that guy." And I was like, "Okay, okay, here he is." Tell so me. So you go up to him, you Keanu like, Reeves. Ke- oh, are you <laughs> that's bigger? <laughs> See, that's Where the reaction I always get. I had no idea who he was. Oh my. There's um, my funny story. So did you story. go up to me like, my mom said, you want a picture with me? <laughs> yes, that's literally <laughs> what I did. What did he say? How embarrassing. He was like, yeah, sure, we can take a picture. <laughs> He's like the most humble dude, too. Like He was so nice. Reeds, yeah. He was in The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. What else was John Keanu Wick? Reeds? John Wick. Yeah. Where Where was this? Um, like that was in California. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was playing a gig and How fun is that? my mom was like, yeah, uh, he wants a picture with you. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, here we go. This ain't. Country, Country Club. Club. So enjoy this. Where can folks find you online? Yeah, at Delaney and Music on Instagram, Facebook. Would you spell that for us slowly? D-E-L-A-N-E-Y-A-N-N Music. Delaney and Music. Delaney right. and Music. Dot com or, or Instagram. Or Delaney and dot com. Okay. Oh, Delaney and dot com, com or, or at Delaney and Music. music. On um, Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and Spotify. 
Go, yes. sh- go stream it. Mm-hmm. Well, so we're gonna we're gonna in the show notes we're gonna link to your website, to your Instagram, and to Spotify. So, so fun. folks can access all the stuff. So fun. Um, Grant Lauda, Clem Chowda, thanks for rocking the podcast. Delaney, thanks for Always being our guest pleasure. today. Thank y'all. Thanks and, for having uh, me. podcast listeners, enjoy Delaney's new song, Just Hot Off the Press, released a couple <laughs> weeks ago, This Ain't Country Club. That belt at the buckle barn He loves Morgan Wallen and the Broadway bars He loves the covers and that ain't wrong But he's one shot and in his accent's gone Tips his hat like the real deal Only steering Club. He's seen all the Yellowstone. He loves nicotine. He don't dip or smoke. He'll say howdy, ma'am, on that first day. Then put ketchup on his steak. If he's in Texas, must be Austin. Fourteen acres. If he's in Texas, must be Austin. If he's drinking, then he's buzz. He's a dime store cowboy. If there ever was, he can name a Jerry Jeff song. No Texas in his blood. He's a proud member of the This Ain't Country Club. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.